Hi there, you're listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast, TCC, a home for you. Can you feel it in the room this morning? Did I mention it's Baptism Sunday? What a great day to be in God's house, amen? Amen. It's good to see everybody. I'm, I'm TJ, I'm the lead guy here. It's good to welcome everybody online, and it's great to have you in the house today. God is on the move. He's doing something remarkable, and he's doing something through you, through me. Now, anytime God shows up to your door, you have a choice, beloved. You can either receive him and walk with him, or you can shut the door. Let me encourage you this morning. Don't shut the door. Paul's miming to me. Paul, what are you doing, Paul? (laughs) What do you need? Is that good? Was it scratchy? My beard getting too long? No. Better? I'm getting, you're, you're, look, everybody look at Paul right now. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. <laughs> he's giving me signs like he's bringing in like a big jumbo jet. Not that I'm jumbo, but he's bringing in a jumbo jet. I don't know what's going on back there. You matter to God. You do. So do me a favor. Don't shut the door. Walk with him. Take a step. See where he takes you. God is on the move, beloved. It's a beautiful thing. Um, I'm excited um, about what God's going to do in the next couple weeks. We've got a new series coming up called Momentum. Um, But before we get there, just to remind you, we've got a lot of stuff going on. I think we had like 38 announcements this morning. Did you get all those? If you didn't, get the digital bulletin so you know what's going on. Uh, Next weekend, too, is also Vision Sunday. So uh, next Sunday, you get the vision of what TCC is. What makes our heart beat? I want to encourage you. You want to know more about Trinity Community Church? You want to get your feet planted on the rock of who we are? Be here next weekend as we break all that stuff down. Uh, The Bible says without vision, people perish. So uh, vision is important to us. It's important to God. It's important to us. So I want to make sure that you're here. Welcome to everybody. Um, I had an incredible awakening a few years ago. My brother and sister-in-law got married. They decided they wanted to do a destination wedding. They waited a little bit later to get married, so they had money. How many of you remember, you know, when you were young, you don't have money? They had enough money to do a destination wedding, so they went to St. Lucia. Has anybody here ever been to St. Lucia? Beautiful. It's in the Caribbean. It's a beautiful place. And um, we went down. You got to spend three days on the island before you can actually get married, so we had to spend a whole week. It was a bummer. On a tropical island. And it was my first encounter with an all-inclusive beach resort. Have you ever been to one of these all-inclusive beach resort kind of things? Dare I say, they are amazing. Now, I didn't know fully what that meant. I thought, like, you go to the place, you stay in the hotel room, and, you know, there's the beach, and you can play with the pool and all that stuff, and that's about where it it went. But I came to find out all-inclusive, that word all means all. So I went down there, and we're walking around the first day, and they put all these little restaurants down there. This is one thing I don't understand about the Caribbean, or cruises. You know, you go to these tropical places, places where you can wear a bathing suit, and all they do is stuff you with food. They fill you with food, and they're like, here, go lay on the beach. I I don't want to do that now. You know, let's have a balance here. So I remember walking in, there was a little pizza place down by the pool. And I I love pizza. I'm a a sucker for pizza. So I walked up to the place. I said, yeah, I'd like a pizza. I said, how much? And he says, what do you mean? I said, how much for the pizza? He says, nothing. I said, well, it's got to be something. He says, no, sir. He says, the pizza, it, it, it's free. I said, what do you mean free? He says, it's all part of your package. It's, all, it's free. I said, the pizza's free? He goes, yeah. He goes, all the food is free. And it was like, 
all the food is free? He goes, yeah. I said, well, how does this work? He says, it's crazy. You go up to these places, you tell them what you want, and then they give it to you. What? He said, everything's free. He says, the food's free, the activities are free, everything's free. I said, activities, what do you mean? He says, you can go snorkeling. You ever been snorkeling? I go, no. He says, well, if you want to come here, you can do it. You know why? I go, it's free. I went snorkeling, I went sailing, I did all this stuff because it was all free. Now, I'm not used to going anywhere. I mean, how many of you ever gone to the Walmart, you grab a TV and you run out the door, you don't pay with it? Yeah. Most of life is not free like that. I came to find out too, in an all-inclusive resort, you pay for it. So you, can, you better get your money's worth. I tell you, I'm eating at every restaurant, I want 13 pizzas now, right? It was funny, the beginning part of the week, I didn't know what to do. By the end of the week, I was a high-rolling dude. Walking at the pizza shop, Give me a pie. You know, I'll take a sandwich because it's all free. It's all inclusive. The more I walked with it, the more I understood the concepts. Sometimes, beloved, when it comes to our faith, we understand vaguely what it means to be a Christian, but we don't understand fully what it truly means. There's realities and benefits of what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. And sometimes, you know what, as believers, we walk through life clueless like I do with the pizza at the all-inclusive resort. The goal for us as a believer is to understand who we are and to experience the kingdom, momentum of the kingdom, a faith lived out loud. So what does that look like? Well, for us, the starting point of being a Christian means that you and I understand that we have been made new. Once you give your heart to Christ, you and I, it's a starting point, we become new. So what does it mean for you and I to be made new? to walk and to operate in a new way. If you've got your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If you have our app, you go on our app, you get all the notes. If you're the U version of the Bible, you click on live events, you see Trinity Community Church, you get all my notes. If you're on Facebook, check in. If you don't have anything, look at the screens. One of the most powerful passages of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ... He has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything, everybody say everything. Everything Everything is fresh and new. So in a nutshell, what this verse is telling us is this. Once you and I receive Christ, we take on this new person. You and I become new. Now, when you're used to the old ways, the old things, walking in the new takes a little getting used to. Um, how many of you have ever been on a diet? How many of you have failed on a diet? I mean, you remember when you start your diet, you, you, you do all the stuff, you eat all the right food, or you eat, if you do the, the fasting thing, you eat at the right times. And they say a diet only works if you establish new habits, right? And I'm usually great with a diet until about 8 o'clock at night. At 8 o'clock at night, the old man rises up and yells this one word, Doritos! (laughs) And then I'm done, right? New habits, new things take a little bit of time to get used to. We just recently traded in a car, and, and it was a different make of a car, so now we have a different car now. And it's amazing to me all the technology that's on cars now. We're driving down the road, we're taking the car out, I'm taking it for a test drive, as I'm driving, apparently I had shifted a little bit, you know, I was getting close to one of the lines, and the car goes, nope, it's got lane assist. You know what lane assist is? It brings you back to the center. You can't wander an inch off the side, it brings you right to the center. Scared the crud out of me. I was like, it's possessed, take it back. 
I don't need this. All the bells, all the buttons. How many of you have a new phone? How many of you still don't understand how to completely use your new phone? I just hand it to Toby. Toby, fix that. Right? It's all about being new. Anytime Facebook makes an update, you lose your mind. Why? You don't know how to navigate anymore. Can't we just leave it the way that it was? Aren't you glad that we don't do that? Because we'd still be on horses and buggies, right? Everything new is a challenge. It's not different with your faith. It's one thing to be made new. It's another thing for you and I to live as people that are new creations. So what does it practically mean for you and I to be new creations in Christ? What are the nuts and bolts of this thing? First, in order to live out a fully devoted faith, you have to understand that you're accepted. Say, I'm accepted. What does it mean to be accepted? It means this. Once you come to Christ, you're no longer separated from God by your sin and your stuff. Pastor Trish talked about this a little bit today when we all prayed. Your sin, your brokenness separates you from God. Once you become a believer, God brings us close and your relationship with the Father is restored. In short, you and I were created to belong. You weren't created to be a lone ranger out there all by yourself. You were created to belong to each other and to God. You're no longer on the outside looking in. It means that you're part of the family. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you felt like you were on the outside looking in? Remember, you don't want to be the last one picked on the team. You don't want to go, you know, I'm just, they just tolerate me. They don't accept me. In the body of Christ, once you give your heart to Christ, you become part of the family. Is there anything better than being accepted? into the family. There's nothing. So I know you've heard this before, but in case you haven't, I'm Greek. And it is shocking. This is, look at Toby John Harris, a little peanut back in the day. This is us at the Greek festival in uh, Denver. Um, There's this interesting thing about Greeks. Uh, Greeks are a very family-oriented people. And we, we accept everybody. If you got a quarter percent Greek, you're full Greek. We bring you close, you're for Greek, you're, you are. And I remember when I was dating a Robin, Robin um, was a non-Greek, but now she's Greek because of me. See how that works? <laughs> Blessed is she among women, right? <laughs> right? And I remember as, as we were, you know, as we were bringing her close to the family, I would prepare her to be accepted by the Greeks. Because when the Greeks accept you, they accept you. There's not like, well, I don't know about this person. When you're in, you're in. So I was bringing her to a family gathering. I said, honey, I said, in the Greek culture, we greet people with a kiss. So that means this. That means that you're going to be kissed on the lips by everybody that's at my Aunt Chris's house. She goes, no, that can't possibly happen. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing you mentally. You need to bring lip balm. And you need to, to get yourself in a good place because you're going to kiss everybody. All my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, everybody. And I'll never, she thought I was making it up. We go to the door. The first person she meets is my cousin Andy. And he goes, welcome to the family. Kisses her right on the lips. She goes, ah. Forty kisses later. And I'm not making this up. She just sat on the couch like this. <laughs> I told you. Welcome to the family. You're in, baby. You're in. And the family of God, once you're accepted, you're accepted. Beloved, hear me very closely. We do not throw people away. When people wander, we go and get them. 
We search for the lost sheep. Because once you're part of the family, you're part of the family. Can I just say this? Sometimes we give up too easy. Instead of just asking where somebody is, go find them. Love them. Bring them back. Bring them home. Once you're part of the family, you're part of the family. Now, when it comes to your faith, there's no degrees to the family. Once you're in, you're fully accepted. This is what Ephesians 1, 4 through 6 says. If you want to, you can turn there. It says this. And in love he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Verse 5. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children. Do you know that you're delightful in God's eyes? Not so much, right? Some of you aren't as delightful. You're delightful, trust me. That's what the Bible says. It says, through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his, tre- his tremendous love cascades over us, would, uh, would glorify his grace for the same love that he has uh, for the beloved Jesus he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. For the same love that he has for Jesus, he has that same love for us. So why do you and I struggle sometimes to be accepted? Well, because the enemy does a great job of telling us all the reasons why we don't fit. He's a master at telling us all the reasons why we don't fit into the family, bringing up our past, whispering things into our ears that disqualify us as sons and as daughters. Do you know that the enemy will do anything to mess with your identity, to mess with your worth? He will. Beloved, sometimes we confuse our past and our present struggles with our worth. Your struggle has nothing to do with your worth. Do you know that? It doesn't. God loves you, but the enemy whispers. He likes to whisper. For example, how many of you like money? How many of you need money? Zuzu, come here. You're in college. You need money, right? He can stare. He can stare. Oh, no, what am I going to do? Her dad goes, Testify. Do you like money? Oh, uh, yeah. Do you? I guess. You, you, you take it or leave it? It's nice. It's nice. Would you like some money now? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Um, what if I told you I, I was going to give you $20? That would be nice. Would that be nice? I have $20 right here. Okay. Now, but here's the challenge, though. Um, let me open it up. Hold on. Uh-huh. Um, I got to be honest with you, mm-hmm. okay? I've had this $20 for, for a little bit of time. Uh-huh. Um, I actually had it in my pocket. It got a little crinkled. Do you still want it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me be really honest with you. Okay. I had it in my pocket when I was playing basketball yesterday at the park, okay? I was dunking a little bit, doing my thing. You know how that works. Um, so it got, it got a little, maybe a little sweaty. Mm-hmm. Do you still want the money? Yeah. Okay, let me be really honest, be brutally honest with you. I actually had it in my sock. Nice. <laughs> okay? It's, it, you know, do you still want the money? It would be nice. It would be, ni- it'd be nice. One little thing, because I, I don't want us to have anything between us. <laughs> As I was coming in, I dropped it, and I stepped on it, uh-huh. okay? And it didn't fall in goose poop, but it was right next to it. Okay. As I picked it up, it tore a little bit. Uh-huh. Do you still want the money? I, yeah. Isn't it funny? Nothing that this thing went through mm. diminished its worth, did it? It didn't. It didn't diminish its worth at all. It's still, in fact, some money, you know, anything you put money through, it doesn't diminish the worth. Depending on where the money's been, sometimes in troubled situations, the money's actually worth more. Mm. Right? There's nothing that we've done in your past that diminishes your worth. Amen. Amen. God loves you. And you're worthy, not because of all the stuff you've done and all the stuff you've been through. You're worthy because you're created in God's image. And he loves you just the way you are. 20 bucks. 
You get to keep it. You're accepted because you said yes to God. You've accepted the invitation of being new to Christ, having a new life in Christ. This is why, beloved, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to shift the way that we think. Some of you are still stuck in the sinner saved by grace camp. You're no longer a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner saved by grace. Now, you're a new creation in Christ. The old ways are gone. The new life has begun. Allow the Holy Spirit to shift the way you think. This is what Romans 12, 2 says. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Long story short, as a believer in Christ, you were accepted. Second, you have access. Say access. What does it mean that you and I have access when we decide to follow Christ? We have access to two main things, the Father and the kingdom. He gives us access to himself and to operate and to flow through the kingdom. What does it mean that we have access to the Father? It means this. Once you and I come to Christ, we have access to the greatest resource we could ever desire, God himself. You don't have access just to God's stuff. You have access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The creator of the universe now stands with you, walks with you, and goes down the path of life with you. What's better than that? You don't need the check. You have the guy that put the gold in the hills. That's who we have access to, the Father. This is what Ephesians 2.17 says. For the Messiah has come to preach this sweet message of peace to you, the ones who are distant and those who are near. Look at verse 18. And now because we are united to Christ, we both have equal and direct access to the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. You were separated, now we're close. Is there anything, anything in life that you can't face with God by your side? Anything. How many of you remember as a kid, maybe you got a little nervous, you got a little scared, and mom and dad came and they walked with you, and it seemed like when mom and dad came and they walked with you, everything was going to be okay. I remember, um, you know, growing up in the, in the 70s and the 80s, I'm an 80s kid, both my parents worked, my dad was away on business, my mom... She was a baker, and she worked at the Brown Derby. That's all this is. She was a waitress at the Brown Derby. So they had to leave me alone at night because mom was working and dad was away. It was my first time away at night, you know, sitting there by myself. I was about eight years old. Again, it was the 70s. It's a different time. And I remember I was sitting there watching TV. This is before we had cable. We had three channels, and then you had the bunny ears, which gave you another channel you could see sometimes. How many remember those days? So I'm watching one of the major network channels, and lo and behold, on the TV, they're playing the Amityville Horror. I'd never seen the Amityville Horror. I'm not a horror person, never seen any of that stuff. But there on network television, thank you, ABC, they were playing the Amityville Horror. Now, I don't know, how many of you are familiar with the Amityville Horror? How many of you have never seen it? what I'm talking about? Let me give you the synopsis. It's basically the story about a house that kills you. It's not something running through the house. The house itself wants you to die. So me, in my eight-year-old brilliance, decided that night alone in the house to watch a movie about a house that's trying to kill you. 
So about every commercial break, I'd walk to a portion of the house and I'd turn on another light. It got so bad, I realized my only way of, of living is to get out of the house. So I, <laughs> somebody should have called the police. I sat in my driveway as an eight-year-old, pitch dark outside with a driveway light on in a, in a lawn chair, not the nice, like comfortable ones. Remember the ones with the ribbons? You know, I sat right there waiting for my mother to come home. I'd look back every once in a while to make sure that the garage door wouldn't open so the thing wouldn't come and eat me. I'll never forget it. My mom pulled into the driveway. Her lights met me. I ran to the, you know, I ran to the car. I opened the door for her because that's just the kind of guy that I am. And I hugged her as an eight-year-old. It was so good to see you. I'm alive. I'm going to make it. I'm going to lie. I'm alive. My mother realized the folly of her way. She brought me inside. This is what, this is what Mediterranean women do. She immediately fed me. <laughs> immediately. We sat on the couch, and I just remember this. I remember falling asleep in my mom's arm, or my mom's arm was on the couch. I felt safe, and I felt secure. Now, at no point in my little eight-year-old brain did I think, well, if the house can eat you, it could probably eat your mom as well. <laughs> Didn't matter. All that mattered is that mom was there, and she made everything better. Beloved, when life seems to go sideways... And you can't seem to find your way home. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. We as believers have access to the one that has the power to either calm your storm or walk with you right through the middle of it. One of my favorite parts of Psalm 23, you know, the Bible says that, you know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God's with you. You set a table before me in the midst of my enemies. There's peace in the midst of your enemies. Why? Because you have access to the God of the universe. Some of you have been praying for God to deliver you from situations he wants to walk with you through. Sometime, beloved, the only way to conquer your enemies is to face them and to walk through them and defeat them with God by your side. Sometimes God parts the Red Sea and sometimes God puts a rock in your sling and you take out your Goliath. Don't shy back. Get close because you have access to the Father. Do you believe that? Amen. Second, you have access to the kingdom. When you're part of the kingdom of God, there's benefits that come with that. There's benefits with, that come with being a believer. What are those benefits? If you've got your Bibles, turn to Psalm 103. You need to know where this is at. If you've got your Bible, open your, your Bible to here. Psalm 103, 1 through 5. These are the benefits of being a fully devoted follower of Christ, being part of the kingdom says this, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Look at verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Verse 3, he forgives all your iniquity. As a believer, your sin does not hang over you anymore. God forgives you your sins. The Bible says he throws them as far as the east is from the west. The Bible says that he throws your sins into the sea. He calls forgetfulness. Do me a favor. Your sins are in the sea. He called forgetfulness. Those things are in the past or in the fast. When you come to that sea and the enemy's trying to pick your brain to remind you of all the things you were, don't pull out a fishing rod and go fishing for those things that are gone. Let them go. God forgives all of your iniquities. Second, he heals all your diseases. You have the right as a believer to pray to God, to ask God to heal you, to ask God to heal people that are part of your family. Healing still happens. It still takes place. Physical healing, emotional healing. Some of you are stuck emotionally 
because of some things that happened to you a long time ago. Through the power of Christ, you have the power to not just get through those things, but to heal. Do you know that anything that you conquer with God turns into a weapon in your hands? God uses that as an instrument of deliverance for others. So be healed. It says, he redeems your life from the pit. What does that mean? That means that you used to live under the curse. You used to do things your own way. You don't do that anymore. One of the benefits of the kingdom is this. You're not stuck in the old ways of life anymore. Now you're brand new. Some of you still live under those curses. Well, it's just the way our family is. You know, we're just, we're just angry drunks. We're just part of addiction. It's just the way that it is. God is the curse breaker. The cross breaks those curses. Do you understand that, beloved? For some of you, God has redeemed you and he sets you free, not just for you, but so he can shift the direction of your family line. It all starts new with you. How cool would it be four or five generations from now, you see your life transformed, your family transformed, and they point back to you. This was the moment everything shifted for our family. This was the moment. That's what God gives us. He delivers us from the pit. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. What does it mean to be steadfast? That means this, guys. We are constant. We are not people that are shaken. We are people that are steady. Stay steady. We're steady. We keep moving on. God gives you the strength and the ability to be steady and stable. He gives you the ability to love. One of the benefits of the kingdom is the ability to love and to show mercy. We're the people that show mercy. We're not those people that come with an edge to lop people's heads off. That's not what we do. We show mercy. We show love. Understand this, beloved. The church is not weak. The church, God's bride, is the strongest force on this planet. The spirit flows through us. We repel the darkness. We push back the darkness. Not because of our might and our power, because the one that lives inside of us is the greater than the one that's outside. That's what we do. We win this world with mercy and with love. And if that means, at some point, beloved, it costs us our life, it costs us our life. Well, one thing it won't do, it won't change us. We are who we are in Christ. Does that make sense? It says, who satisfies you with good? God satisfies us. One of the benefits of the kingdom is we don't have this longing in us, this emptiness in us. God fully satisfies us. He does. And I love this part, the end of verse 5. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle's wings. Age is just a number in the kingdom of God. I hear people all the time, well, I'm going to retire someday, and when I retire, I'm leaving it all behind. There's no retirement in the kingdom. You understand that, right? Once you retire in the kingdom, you know what that means? You've got more time for the kingdom. That's all that that means. There's more time for the kingdom. These are the benefits of what it means to walk with God. This is what access to the kingdom of God looks like for a believer. Let me ask you a question. Do those benefits describe your life? Do you live from a place of love? Do you still wrestle with your past or is your iniquity gone? Has he really rescued you from the pit? Or do you still live your life under the curses and under the shadows of the enemy of what used to be? You have access to something that's different. You know, let's just deal with it right now. Do me a favor. Just shut your eyes for a second. Let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come in and to speak to us about this access. Just ask him. Say, Holy Spirit, say, do I, 
do I live my life from a place of your benefits? As in Psalm 104. And he, listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you. The Holy Spirit speaks to you just like he speaks to me. What's he telling you? He may illuminate parts of your life and say, man, you need to work on this. Man, I want to do more for you in this. Whatever that is, whatever the Holy Spirit's showing you right now, then just ask him. Say, God, will you help me? Help me, Lord, to walk this out. Help me, Lord, to be a fully devoted follower of you. Help me to know what I have access to. Sometimes, beloved, if our mindset doesn't shift with what God's done in our heart, we still try to live our faith out, but we live it from a place, a place of lack, not access, not connection to the Father. God wants to connect us. This is what Galatians 4, 7 says. It says, we're no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we're his, we can access everything our Father has. For we are heirs because of what God's done. So what do you need today? What do you need God to do in your life today? I want to encourage you. Lean into him. Talk to him. Uh, talk to God and allow him to flow through you to do things in your life that'll help you to not just set you free, but to set others free. So first, what does it mean to have a new life in Christ? First, we've been accepted. You're not on the outside looking in anymore. You've been accepted. Second, now you have access to the Father and the benefits of the kingdom. Third, that takes us to the last thing. You've been given authority. Now, what, do you, what goes through your mind when you hear the word authority? Some of you, you know, if you went to Catholic school, you go, huh, because you think of a nun coming at you with like a ruler. You ever see those nuns? They use those, 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 those yardsticks like samurai swords. You know what I'm talking about? Ah! Right? Some of you think of your school principal. Some of you think of a high government official. Some of you think of somebody in the military, police. So when God uses the word authority, what does that mean for us as believers? What is the authority when it comes to the life of a believer? Well, look at Luke 10, 19. Jesus talks about the authority that he's given us. He says, now you understand that I have imparted to you, by the way, we are you. So he's talking to you. I have imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. This is Jesus giving to us his authority. We've been giving authority. What does this authority look like? Well, this is the actual Greek word for authority. It's excusia, and it actually is this. This is just so cool. I love the languages. The number one definition of this is the power to act. The power to act, weight, and authority. So this is nuts. I don't know why God would give me this kind of power, but he did. He gave it to you too. God has given us as believers the power to act and fulfill everything he's asked you to do. Now, that's amazing and terrifying. God has given you everything, to need, everything you need to carry out what he's asked you to do. Now, have you ever tried to do something and you didn't have the right tools? You needed a screwdriver, but all you have was a butter knife, and you're like, well, let's just get this thing done. So, like, a few weeks ago, we sent, uh, we sent three of our guys to go buy a, uh, a play zone. He was part, Jerry was part of the, 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 uh, the circus. I'll just say that. <laughs> he was part of the circus. 
So in order to get this play zone, we realized it was so big, they were going to Jersey. We needed the trailer and the truck, the church and the trailer truck. So we didn't have a, a, a hitch for once. We had to take a hitch off something. So I didn't realize we had to do all this stuff. So I left all my, my tools at home. So we have at the well this toolbox. Do you ever like put a toolbox together? This is going to be great. And then like three minutes, all the tools have been dispersed. You have no idea who's got what, right? So we go into the well toolbox to try to get this, this hitch on that's been rusted on this, this van for like, I don't know, three or four years. So I go to the, to the well toolbox and I pull out the biggest wrench we have, which is this. Now, we're, have you ever seen a hitch? The nut on the hitch is like that big. So I got this thing opened up as far as it can go. And I'm, and I'm pulling on it and it's not moving and I'm sweating. And I think I had something going on. I had nice clothes on and I'm, me and Jesus are talking. I'm like, this is stupid. And I'm trying to do this stuff. And then I got somebody over my back. I'm not going to say who they are, but they're like, pastor, you're not doing that right. And I'm like, I wanted to take the wrench and go, hey, come a little closer. Ah, yeah, I know, but you can't do that. And I'm sweating and I'm getting, I'm really getting upset and we're running out of time and I got to get to where I need to go. And all of a sudden, it was like God sent an angel. This guy, mountain of a man comes over. He's working at a house next door. He goes, looks like you guys have trouble here. And I'm like, you think? He goes, I have some things that may, they may help you. And he hands me two of these. And by the way, if there's a zombie apocalypse, grab this, not this. You want this. You don't, this is not going to do anything unless you're just going to conk yourself in the head. He goes, try these out. There were, there's one like this and one a little bit bigger. And those things just, just popped right off. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. And he looks, he says, you know, you need the right tool for the job. And I said, thank you. And I went out and I bought my own. This is mine. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ever going to use it, but I know I'll have the right tool if I ever hit. No, don't call me. Don't call me. You need the right tool for the right job. You do. My toes are okay, right? <laughs> Authority is the right tool for the right job. God has given you the power to do everything he's asked you to do. Now, that's impressive. This is where it gets a little scary. So what exactly has God asked you to do? You ready for this? No biggie. To be like Jesus. Now, sometimes you have the little brace of what would Jesus do? Oh! You know, don't, don't, don't cuss. Jesus wouldn't cuss. Don't be mean. Jesus wouldn't do it. But you know, you know, what would Jesus do also includes miracles, compassion, deliverance, freedom. What would Jesus do? He would set captives free. What would he do? He would do all those things. He's called us to be like him, to impact the world like he did. So where do you find these marching orders? Well, flip over to Luke 14, or Luke 4.18. This is the short list of what Jesus needs you and I to do. This is the cliff note. Do they still have cliff notes? Do you know, do any of you guys even know what that means? I know gray people and people with no hair know what that means, but this is what Jesus has asked you to do. This is Luke 4.18, the amplified version. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, the Messiah, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. God has empowered you to preach the good news to the poor. He's not speaking of those poor that are poor monetarily, but those that are poor in spirit. Just like the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. That means that you have not come to the knowledge of who Christ is yet. 
The number one thing on the docket for us as believers is to spread the good news to all of creation. Now, you don't have to be Billy Graham to spread the good news to all of creation. But what you do need to do is you need to, to live a faith that's outside. You have to speak. You have to be willing to share your testimony and share your story with the world around you. When's the last time you led somebody to Christ? This is why we suck air, beloved. It is. This is why we live. So God has given you everything you need. Marching orders to spread the good news to the poor. He sent me to announce release, pardon forgiveness to the captives. God has given you authority to see those that are bound in darkness free. Bound in addiction, free. Bound in fear, free. God has given you the ability and the authority to walk with those that are bound to see them walk in the freedom of Christ. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I, I, I can't do that. You can. You have authority. God has empowered you to fulfill the task. When God sees you, he doesn't see your limitations. He loves limitations. The less of you there is, the more powerful his spirit can flow through you. And the recovery of sight to the blind speaks of two things. Those that are spiritually blind, those that are physically sick. God has given you authority to pray for the sick to see them recover. The recovery of sight to the blind. When's the last time you prayed for somebody to be sick? Or something not to be sick, somebody to be healed. Don't pray for people to be sick. That's bad. That's the other side. When's the last time you prayed for somebody to be healed? I mean, I mean really prayed. I'm like, Lord, if you want to, if you're feeling okay, maybe. Maybe, maybe if you could touch them a little, that'd be great. I'm talking about in authority. You prayed the scriptures over somebody. You said, they're going to be healed. Be healed. If you've never prayed for somebody to be healed yet, I have a great good news for you. The more you pray with people, eventually somebody's going to get healed. And it'll change your life. And more than changing your life, it'll change their life. Step out. Pray for those. To set free those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy. We're the agents of freedom. We're the ones that come close to the broken. We lift them up. We hold them. We, we tend to their wounds. And we help them to receive health again. That's us. We don't throw people away. This is a house of restoration. We restore the fallen. We restore the broken. You don't have to be a certain status to get into this, into this house. It's what we do. We love those. The more broken you are, the more we love you. Now understand this, beloved, that takes something from us. Are you willing to walk with somebody in their darkest moments? Cry with them. Sometimes people don't need fix. They just need a companion. I love, again, Psalm 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God walks with you. Doesn't fix it all. He walks with you. That's what we do as a church. 19, to proclaim the favor, the favorable year of the Lord, the day of salvation and the favor of God's abundant, abound greatly. That means that we are people of hope. We are people that, that speak to God's possibility and all the negative things that happen. We planted our feet toward pointing people to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the kingdom that is to come. 
God's given us all the authority to do this. And then all the other things that we missed. John 14, 12 says this, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. God has given you and I the authority to change the world, to deal with the real issue, darkness. You've heard me say this before, the church is the only thing on the planet that can deal with darkness. The Spirit flows through us, and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. That's how this works. And it starts with you. You're a living stone in the church. So here's my question. Are you living out your life as a new creation in Christ? Do you know that you're accepted? Or do you still wrestle with the understanding that you're part of the family? Do you know that you have access to the Father and all the benefits of the kingdom? Are you living as a believer that has access? And then are you walking the planet with the authority of Christ to change the world? We had this beautiful display of new life in front of us this morning. All that new life comes from the understanding of who you and I are in Christ. All of us in this room, if you've given your heart to Christ, we've all been here. We've all been in the water. And we all came out of the water, new and fresh. Think of all the people around us that need to have that expression of faith, that need to understand who God is, that are just people that are just waiting to get into the family. Bow your heads with me. Let's give the Holy Spirit a moment just to speak to us. Now today you may be here and man, God's messing with you a little bit. Maybe you don't know him. Or maybe you still wrestle with your past. Today is the day to set your past, your past to rest and just to come close to the Father. Some of you are here today and you've never stepped into the power and the authority that you have as a believer. Today's the day to allow the Spirit to fill you. So right now in this moment, I don't know what you need, but the Spirit does. Just ask Him. Open yourself to the Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, will you speak to me? Will you tell me what I need? Listen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church. TCC, a home for you.